You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning. Machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World this week Broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite Listen to the Anarchist World this week Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse Listen to analysis of local, national, international events to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Well, here we are, the Anarchist World this week, the first program for 2023. Unfortunately, the program is pre-recorded, so... Who knows what's happened in the last two weeks, but I think the important thing is that uh, next week I'll be in the studios live. Well, you may not think that's important, but I do because it means I'm alive. So if you wonder what anarchy is all about, anarchos without rulers. What gives rulers the ability to determine the lives of billions of people? Inequalities in power and wealth. So what is the anarchist struggle? The anarchist struggle is to devolve or share power through direct democratic mechanisms and to hold wealth in common and use it for the common good. As I keep saying week after week, exceptionally sensible, conservative concepts, and I assume that's why they really have never taken off. Now, because it's the first program of the year, I want to look at things in a positive light. Look, it's very easy to criticise, and we all criticise, and we're all unhappy with this or that or the situation we find ourselves in or the trajectory our lives have taken. But ultimately, nobody cares. They don't really care. They may make the right noises, but ultimately, if we want change, it's up to us. It's not up to our religious leaders. It's not up to our secular leaders. It's not up to the state. It's not up to the bureaucracy. It's not up to some higher authority. Ultimately... Change comes from people taking action. And if there is one thing I'd like to remind people is that change requires effort. Look, I could sit here and tell you the woes of the world, and I'm sure I'll miss out on half of them in the next, you know, 50 minutes or so. But ultimately, we all understand that we don't live in an egalitarian community. We all understand that as a community we have issues that we shouldn't have. So what are the things that we can do? They don't necessarily mean bloodshed or revolutionary change. They don't even mean reform. But simple, basic things that need political solutions. And that's the key, political solutions. There are no personal solutions to social problems. And for far too long, as human beings, we have believed that if we change ourselves, that somehow society will be transformed. It doesn't work that way. The personal may be political, but the political is intensely personal. Legislation, which is passed through Parliament in this country, has profound implications for each and every one of us. It's a little bit like being in a wheelchair at the bottom of a flight of stairs. You can wish that you'd be able to climb those stairs. and You can wish all you like. You can sit at the bottom of those stairs for the next 20 years and wish that you get up those stairs. And the fact is you're not going to get up those stairs without some type of assistance. And it's the same with life in general. 
you can wish that things were different. You can pray that things were different. But unless you're willing to put in the hard yards, things will not be different. So what are things which can make a difference, which can be introduced tomorrow, which can be financed tomorrow, which could make Australia a better place for each and every one of us and the people outside this country? One thing I've always been interested in is a universal basic income. That's right, a universal basic income. So what is a universal basic income? A universal basic income is an income which makes people independent from wage slavery. It gives them options. A universal basic income is provided by the state through its monopoly on the collection of taxation, through a monopoly which it reinforces through the parliamentary system. So universal basic income has huge ramifications for society. It has ramifications for people in difficult situations, situations facing family violence, situations facing unhappy partnership or marriage or relationship, situation facing financial difficulties. Because it gives you options. In a capitalist society, the amount of coins you jingle in the pocket, in your pocket, is what gives you options. The more coins you jingle in a private investment for private profit society, the more options you have. And a universal basic income gives people freedom. Freedom to look after their basic necessities without being part of the wage system. Freedom to leave unsatisfactory relationships without having financial ramifications or financial difficulties. Freedom to pursue pursuits outside the wage system. Now, a universal basic income is for everybody, rich and poor alike. You want to make it simple. With a universal basic income, you can abolish the whole social security system You don't need that giant bureaucracy to control and monitor the social security system. Each individual, when they reach a certain age, would receive this universal basic income directly into their account, a little bit like the COVID-19 payments during the heights of the pandemic when there was no vaccination and no antiviral medications. So that's what a universal basic income is. It's a simple concept. Obviously, not every sovereign nation state in the world can offer its citizens and its residents a universal basic income. But Australia is extremely well-placed, extremely well-placed to offer all its citizens and permanent residents a universal basic income. Now, how do you fund it? You fund it in two ways. One, you nationalise without compensation this country's natural resources. Now, currently, tens of billions of dollars have been made by corporations and individuals every year from the exploitation of this country's natural resources, more than enough money to actually fund a universal basic income. Now, if you don't want to go down the whole hog of nationalisation, why not a 75% taxation rate on profits? If the companies do not want to continue their mining activities, well, they can move on. They can be taken over by the public sector. The difficulty with... uh, Nationalisation with no compensation agenda is there are legal options open to these corporations under our constitutions for compensation. 
So to overcome that, you could actually raise the taxation level to such a level that many companies would actually voluntarily leave that particular deposit or the exploitation of that particular mineral deposit because of the increased taxation level, they won't make a profit for their shareholders. But when it reverts back into the public ownership, they do make a profit because they, their shareholders are the citizens and residents of this country. Another way to fund a universal basic income is a 1% turnover tax. 1% turnover tax. Now, a goods and services tax is just that. It's a tax on goods and services. There are no or there are minimal taxes or even no taxes on financial transaction. And we see day in and day out billions of dollars, billions of dollars being put through financial institutions without any taxation. This doesn't need a revolution, doesn't need blood in the streets, just needs a simple act of parliament. So a 1% financial transaction tax. And another tax for all those people who invest their money in the stock market, and you'll find that half Australians find themselves in their situation because of compulsory superannuation contributions. How about a 1% stock market transaction tax? Every time a stock is bought or sold, there is a 1% Tax. Now that can be collected on the spot as all share transactions and stock transactions are now in cyberspace. It's very simple. You just change the algorithm 1% directly into the Treasury every time a share is bought and sold. Just from that very tax, you could fund a universal basic income for every Australian. Now, another way to ensure that a universal basic income, although it's given to everyone originally in order to make it easy and to abolish the social security system, another way of recouping costs is through the taxation system. Let's say you decide to do be in small business or be a wage slave, let's say, as well as receiving your universal basic income, if the profits you show are double what your universal basic income, well then a quarter goes back to the Treasury. If they're triple, a half. If they're quadruple, three quarters. And if you're earning five times what the universal basic income is, then that money automatically goes back to the Treasury. So ultimately, it's those people who are in need and those people who want to have options as far as their life is concerned who would benefit from a universal basic income. So that's one thing I think we should be thinking about and one thing we should be fighting for. And if anybody tells you Where's the money coming from? Well, you can tell them. It's very simple. The money for a universal basic income is coming from a 1% stock market financial transaction tax, a 1% financial turnover tax. That's two. So that's, that's more than enough, obviously. We could look at other options, but that's more than enough. 1% financial transaction tax and 1% stock market turn over tax. And obviously you could introduce other taxes. We may not even need to nationalise, compulsory nationalise this country's resources. Let's move on. Now, we live in extraordinary times, not because of the climate emergency, not because of the loss of, you know, uh, religious fervour in our community. But we live in extraordinary times because for the first time in decades, if not hundreds of years, our children and their children will are earning 
less and less and have fewer and fewer opportunities than we were able to access. And we were able to access those op- opportunities because of legislative changes. If you look at the much maligned Whitlam Labor government, it passed more reformist legislation in the four and a half years they were in power than any government since Federation, any, gov- any, co- any combined government. And so we now find ourselves in a situation where we have allowed parliamentary democracy to be dominated by the 1% that own the means of production, distribution and exchange. So what is another way of actually breaking down their power? Not by revolutionary change or even violence, but how do you break the power of the 1% that own the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication? Well, the first thing is that the parliamentarians who theoretically represent us need to fear us more than they fear the 1% that own the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. And that's a dilemma in 2023. Because most of us are privatised as far as our actions are concerned. Most of us are disillusioned and feel there's no point fighting City Hall. The fact is that this disillusionment, this apathy that this disillusionment creates is the aphrodisiac that keeps these people in power, which gives them the ability to manipulate legislation to suit them. Why else in this country would we have poverty? Why would we have a third of people on Social Security benefits living near or below the poverty line? Why else would we have 60% of the population spending every moment of every day trying to earn money to pay off mortgages or rents? It's an extraordinary situation we find ourselves in in 2023. And once again... There's no point pointing the finger at the 1% that own the means of production, distribution, exchange, communication. And there's no point pointing the finger at our parliamentary representatives because ultimately our parliamentary representatives fear the 1% who own the means of production, distribution, exchange, communication more than they fear the people they represent. Because we have... We believe, and the key word is believe, that change comes by putting a ballot in a ballot box every three to four years. Now, a lot of people talk about the initiatives which were taken by the Whitlam-led Labor government, but they didn't happen in a void. For years before the government was elected in 1972, There was a grassroots mass movement that wanted change. It wanted change as far as the divorce laws were concerned. It wanted change as far as wages were concerned. It wanted change as far as access to health care was concerned. It wanted change as far as access to the judicial system was concerned. So there was this mass movement that wanted change and they wanted radical change. Reform, radical reformist change. And that's what pushed the Labor Party to change their platform to reflect the interests of the people they theoretically represented in Parliament. Today, this equation has been turned on its head. What we have is political parties who take their platform from the 1% that own the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. That 1% continues to dominate the parliamentary agenda. And that's why nothing ever seems to happen in Australia. And if we continue to sit on the sidelines, if we continue to be members of the somebody should do something about that tribe or it's time somebody did it's time somebody did something about that tribe if we continue 
to be members of that tribe, nothing will change. History is littered with examples of action which has led to change, not just minimal change, not just reformist change, not just radical change, but revolutionary change where things have been turned on their heads. So, how do we go about it? How do we go about change? Now, a lot of people dismiss the idea of the power of one. And I can understand why. But ultimately, every journey starts somewhere. Every journey starts with a single step. Now, I'm sure a few hundred years ago, every thought that slavery was fundamental to a society's survival and existence. Today, universally, although it hasn't been stamped out, slavery is seen as something that has nothing to do with human survival and human autonomy. Things changed, and they changed slowly, but they did change. And they started with a a small step when some Quaker stood up in some meeting and said, slavery is against the will of God, and things took off. So the reality is that every idea starts somewhere. Ideas like a universal basic income, Ideas like the nationalisation of this country's resources for the good of the people, not for unaccountable corporations. Every journey starts somewhere. And it doesn't matter how marginalised we think we are. The fact is that many of our ideas resound with people's private thoughts. And that's the key, because you don't see change occurring in a short period of time does not mean that change will not occur. Change occurs. Nothing stands still. Things go forward, they go backwards. They don't stand still. So I think a lesson for 2023 is... If you're sick of the current situation and you want change, it is not enough to ring up. It is not enough to woe, you know, and and, and sigh. It is not enough to, you know, go on the social media and become a click warrior and get RSI of your uh, index finger. It's just not enough. And that's what social media has highlighted, is that talking on social media may make for a good... uh, conversation but ultimately it's feet on the ground which change the reality that we all have to face on a day-to-day basis so if you want to change that reality well then you need to think about what you would like to do what organization you would like to work with how much time you want to devote to that organization Do you want to be involved in an issue-orientated campaign or do you want to be involved in activities which have a much wider focus? And these are all decisions we have to take, taking into account our responsibilities as far as the people around us are concerned. And obviously some people have more responsibilities than others and they can do less than others. So this is something that's very important in You know, it's important every year, but it's something I'd like to reinforce. Time. Time is our enemy. Time is of essence. How we divide our time determines what type of activities we become involved in. And if you spend most of your time listening, it's about time. You spend a little bit of time acting. Because listening may assist you to understand things, 
but it doesn't really change things. It's only when listening is combined with action that things change. Now, you may or may not agree with the organisations and institutions that we set up here through the Anarchist Institute and the campaigns we're involved in, but ultimately there must be organisations and institutions which are involved in campaigns that you are interested in, that you can become involved in. And the key is involvement. The thing is, when I talk about involvement, I'm talking about involvement at two levels. There's extra-parliamentary activity and parliamentary activity. Now, in Australia, we are taught from day one that our role as a citizen is to elect representatives to parliament to represent us. That is our singular role. But there's another role which few people talk about, and that is the role to initiate campaigns and activities out within a parliamentary period. Because giving a signed blank cheque to a political representative to make decisions for you for the next three to four years doesn't necessarily make sense because it's ultimately, although parliamentary legislation can make a difference, ultimately parliamentary legislation that does make a difference never seems to appear in Parliament. And that occurs because we leave people to their own, our parliamentary representatives to their own devices. Unlike the corporate sector, which employs people to put forward their case to the corporate sector, we have to rely on volunteers to do the same thing. And obviously it's much more difficult for volunteer-based organisations to have an impact on governments which are worried about the direction the corporate sector will take if they try to introduce legislation that somehow uh, decreases or threatens these corporations' profits. So this is something we need to think about, and we need to think about it every day. Every single day. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Justice Khan. I'm hosting today's program. This program has been pre-recorded. It is the first program in January 2023. I'd like to move on. Reflections. I mean, it's a program about reflections. Now, I've been broadcasting with assistance over the last 46 years the Anarchist World This Week in its various guises. In 1977, we commenced broadcasting Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne, 15 minutes a fortnight. We had to present our offerings and they had to be checked before they could go to air. Our initial program was called Encounters with the Third Alternative, which went from 1977 to 1989. When the Berlin Wall came down and the Soviet Empire collapsed, we changed the program's name to The Anarchist World This Week. Because when we were talking about the Third Alternative, we were talking about capitalism, communism, anarchism, and anarchism was the Third Alternative. So we changed that program. The Anarchist Institute is an affiliate to community radio station 3CR in Melbourne. Over the last 20 years, we've been broadcasting the Anarchist World this week throughout Australia through the community radio network and various radio stations, community radio stations around the country broadcast the Anarchist World this week. Unfortunately, most people think that the Anarchist World this week is some type of voluntary program. No. We pay for the privilege of broadcasting on Community Radio 3CR. Over the last 45 years, the Anarchist Institute has put at least $150,000 through the coffers of 3CR in order to broadcast. We've now reached a stage where we need your help. Now, whether the Anarchist World this week will continue till the end of 2023 and continue after that is will be now totally dependent on our listeners because we need to spread the financial load. 
And what I need for this program to continue to be broadcast across Australia is 10 to 15 people who are willing to donate a dollar a day, $365 a year, to the program so we can cover our broadcasting costs. I mean, it's not tax deductible. It's a straight donation and every cent collected goes directly into cancelling our debt with Community Radio 3CR so we continue broadcasting. I don't think it's a lot to ask to get a band of maybe 15 people donating a dollar a day to the program. I don't think it's much to ask. And what I'd like to do is if we, if we can get this little band together is for us as a group to meet every four months and maybe be able to formulate or discuss topics people would like to see discussed on the anarchist world this week. It's not a matter of censorship, but it's a matter of talking to other people to see what is important to them. So this is an idea that I'm floating now. You know, everything comes to an end. I remember I used to rem- I used to publish a publication, the only weekly English language anarchist magazine in the world, Anarchist Age Weekly Reviewed, and we published one thousand episodes, one thousand episodes, and at the end of one thousand episodes, we believed that the energy put into that those publications was not worth the return. And it ceased. It's the same with the Anarchist World this week on the community radio station 3CR broadcast through the community radio network. It's the same thing. We cannot continue broadcasting without outside financial assistance from our listeners. We don't want to be hostages to the government of the day. We don't want to be hostages to the community radio stations we broadcast on. We want to maintain our independence and to do that we need to pay our financial contributions to keeping community radio 3cr on air so if you are interested in becoming a member of this group and i'm looking for 15 members paying 360 dollars per year every cent will go towards covering our costs and community radio 3cr so the program can be broadcast you can go, you can leave a message on zero four three nine three nine five four eight nine zero four three nine three nine five four eight nine, or you can write to me at Post Office Box Twenty Parkville three o five two, Post Office Box Twenty Parkville three o five two, or you can leave me a private message Facebook page Joseph Toscano, or you can leave me a, an email at info at pipsy.net pipsy.net or info at anarchistage at yahoo.com now as i said before everything comes to an end i'd like to be able to broadcast for a few more years but whether i continue to do so in the next few years will be totally dependent on the financial support which can be raised to pay our fees so we can continue broadcasting Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email us at Info at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can email us at info at pipsy, P-I-B-C-I dot net, pipsy, P-I-B-C-I dot net. And the list goes on and on. Look, the next thing I'm particularly interested in, and I'm interested in for a very good reason, is history. His story, her story. So why am I interested in his story and her story? Well, you need to understand the past. Well, you need to learn about the past. Not understand, but learn about the past to understand the present 
and take the necessary steps from those lessons to change the future. And any society that has no historical background, no historical bearings, finds itself in the position of continuing to repeat the same mistakes. So through the Anarchist Institute, we have been hosting a number of events for particular reasons. Every year we go through a series of events. Sometimes we add, sometimes we remove events. But every event is crafted in a way to highlight a particular and important issue at that time and how it has an impact on us today in 2022. Now, the first historical event we organise is the Tanaminaway and Morbohina commemoration, which this year marks the 181st anniversary of the execution of Tanaminaway and Morbohina, which occurred on the 20th of January, 1842. Now, I think the history of Tanaminaway and Morbohina is relatively well known in certain circles, but it's not actually well known in the in the country as a whole. And I'll go through it again. It's an important it's a, an important first event which we organise. Now when we organise an event through the Anarchist Marine Institute it's not some consumer driven festival. We don't sell tickets. We ask people to come and participate. We don't cater if people want to bring their own food and drinks, they bring their own food and drinks. If they want to share them, they share them. Because too many events which highlight history are events based about extracting the profit from that event. We're not interested in that. Now, the Tanamunuwaya Morbohina Commemoration Committee was established in 2006. And after a 10-year struggle we were able to have the Tanaminaway Morbohina Monument erected at the corner of Victoria and Franklin Street in Melbourne, which is near the Melbourne CBD. And that monument marks an exceptionally important moment in this country's history. It is the first significant monument of the frontier wars built in a major capital city in this country. And it was an initiative of the Anarchist Media Institute. And we jumped through many, 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 many hoops and faced opposition all over the place, not just from the Murdoch media, not just from the Melbourne City Council, not just from reactionary elements in the community, but also elements within the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community which to some degree is a highly factionised community. But despite all these obstacles, we were able to create the momentum to have the Melbourne City Council take on the job of erecting a monument to Tanaminawaya Morbohina. So why Tanaminawaya Morbohina? On the 20th of January, 1842... They were publicly executed in Melbourne for being part of a gang which was involved in an insurrectionary battle against the colonial authorities. And this little band consisted of two men and three women. Tanaminaway and Morbohina were the men and the women were Planobina, Traganini, and a fifth one, which to my horror escapes me, but I'm sure it'll come back. Planobina, Traganini. And the fifth one will come back, hopefully. If not, I'll mention her next week. This little band of five people who were the remnants, the remnants of the 15,000 Tasmanian Aboriginals that had been hacked to death, shot, Dispossessed in Tasmania between in the war between 1803 to 18 um, was it 38. Dispossessed, removed, 
Eventually, the remnants of 300 were removed to Flinders Island, and within three years there were only 85 left, and 17 of them were brought across to Victoria to civilise the Victorian blacks. Now, these were hardened warriors, both men and women. They'd seen the extermination of their people in the most brutal manner. They now found themselves in in a situation where they saw what was going to happen to this country, Victoria's Aboriginal population. They knew the story. They embarked an insurrectionary campaign. And I'll mention them again. There was Tanaminawaya Mōbōhina, Traganini, Plan Obina and Putirana. It's amazing what comes back to your memory if you think about it long enough. Tanaminawai Mōbōhina, Traganini, Plan Obina and Putirana. Now we made as a committee, we made a number of important decisions. We made the decision to use their traditional names. We made the decision to call the campaign Lest We Forget. It's very important. Lest We Forget. Understanding. This is the very same words which are used to describe the sacrifices and deaths of over 100,000 Australians who are involved in, in the majority of cases, other people's wars in other people's countries. While we continued to ignore the deaths of possibly a million First Nations people in this country as they resisted the colonisation. And more importantly, but the continuing legacy of that colonisation process which we see around this country. So history isn't some reenactment. It isn't some fixed moment in time. It's events which continue to roll on. And in 2023, the story of Tanaminawai and Mōbōhina and how they were judicially executed by the Victorian government, or the New South Wales government at that time, the New South Wales government, for resisting colonisation, resisting the massacres, resisting the dismemberments, resisting the burning of the bodies, for resisting colonisation of Victoria by the British authorities, they paid the ultimate price. So they paid the ultimate price for their country, their people, their children, their languages, their traditions. That's what they paid the ultimate price for. So to mark the 181st anniversary, which is on the 20, Friday the 20th of January, we'll be holding our regular commemoration where the monument has been erected at the corner of Victoria and Franklin Street in Melbourne. The commemoration starts at midday and the first hour from midday to 1pm will be held at the execution site where we'll have a number of guest speakers. Currently I'm finalising the guest speaker list who will be talking about what it means for them. Janet Gulpin from the Bunarong Foundation will be doing the Welcome to Country. And the important thing is that through the history of this event since 2006, we have never paid anybody a cent. Everybody involved has been involved on a volunteer capacity. That's another thing that we're very keen about in the Annexum Institute is organising events with people's voluntary labour. We don't pay. If you're going to pay somebody to do something, what's the point? They're not doing it for the event. They're doing it for the cash. So it's about the event itself and, and, and it's the continuing legacy. From one o'clock, we will silently walk down to the Queen Victoria Market to the spot where we believe Tanaminawa and Mōbōhina are buried. Now, another thing we're very interested in is we need to expand what's happening. 
And that's the key. Activity is about using history to understand the present and then expand that activity. And we're very interested in having the 20th of January proclaimed as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Freedom Fighters Day. We have a day, a public holiday, the 25th of April, Anzac Day, to remember all those men and women, many of them who died in foreign wars on foreign soil for foreign battles. So why shouldn't we have a Remembrance Day for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander freedom fighters? Every inch of this land is soaked with their blood. And the, col- and the legacy of the colonisation process continues, especially in a society which, in, to a significant degree, has always refused to acknowledge the past. Now, we didn't do this, organise this activity with government assistance or government grants or working up the right channels. We broke down walls. We generated support in order for this to occur. And I'd like to pay my respects to four of the original commemoration committee who have now died. Ellen Jose, Richard Simpson, Ellen Jose, Richard Simpson, Bill French and Anne French. Extraordinary human beings who voluntarily gave up their time in order to be involved in this activity to highlight the frontier wars. That's the first activity that we have organised for 2023. The next activity is May Day. That's right, May Day. For, so what's May Day? What's it got to do with us? Well, on the 1st of May, 18... On the 1st of May, 1888, the Confederation of Canadian and United States Trade Unions organised May Day to be a day of international protest. The 1st of May, sorry, 1886, to be a day of international protest. And on the 1st of May... 1886, the Melbourne Anarchist Club was formed and the Melbourne Anarchist Club was the first anarchist organisation which was formed in this country. That's right, the 1st of May, 1886. And the 1st of May and May Day, the 1st of May continues to be recognised by the anarchist community in this country. Although there is a public holiday for May Day in the Northern Territory and Queensland, there are no public holidays for May Day anywhere in Australia apart from those two places. And we have believed that it is important that we recognise the fact that, once again, May Day is not just a day of international agitation for the eight-hour day, it's also a day which is interlinked with anarchist history, and we celebrate that. We celebrate generally the ideas behind May Day and we also celebrate the formation of the Australian anarchist movement on the 1st of May, 1886. The next day we celebrate is the 1st of May, not the 1st of May, the next day we celebrate is the 3rd of June. Now, the 3rd of June was a historical day in Australian history. And again, we organise events for the 3rd of June, Mabo Day. On the 3rd of June, 1992, 
the High Court of Australia found that Indigenous Australians, First Nations people, had rights to land in law because of their prior occupation of this land. The ridiculous notion of terra nullius had been wiped off the legal calendar. That's right, wiped off the legal calendar. The ridiculous notion of terra nullius, you know. Unbelievable, isn't it, when you think about it? Terra nullius, terra nullius, the land of no one. How could we as a people have ignored the deaths, the murders of over a million people? How could we have ignored it and incorporated it in our legal system? Just an extraordinary thing. So the 3rd of June, Mabo Day, is important because for the first time in legal history in this country, Indigenous Australians were recognised as traditional owners. Now, the kerfuffle that occurred after the May Day, sorry, kerfuffle that occurred after the Mabo Day decision was handed down was extraordinary. To a significant degree, many of the limitations of the Mabo Day decision are not related to the High Court decision, but they're related to the fact that parliamentary legislation was passed to dilute the essence of the High Court decision on the 3rd of June 1992. I think that's important to understand, that Mabo Day is just a step in that anti-colonisation process, like Tanaminoa and Morbohina, execution is a step. It's one step in a long journey which is not being completed and which may not be completed for generations. So another day we celebrate is the 11th of November. The 11th of November is an important day in Australian history. On the 11th of November 1854, the Ballarat Reform League was formed. That was the organisation behind the Eureka Rebellion. On the 11th of November 1880, Ned Kelly was hung in Melbourne. On the previous evening, over 6,000 people rioted outside the Melbourne jail before... He was executed the following day. On the 11th of November 1980 was the the end of the war to end all wars. The war fought for the glory of God, king and country by workers at either end of a bayonet, which is on the death of over 25 million people. And on the 11th of November 1975, the Whitlam Labor government, the most reformist government in this country's history, was expelled. That's right. A Governor-General said, sorry, boys and girls, we don't want you there anymore. We will call, you know, we will institute a different party. Extraordinary, extraordinary scenes, extraordinary scenes. Just extraordinary scenes. Extraordinary scenes when you think about it. So history is important. Obviously, there will be other activities during the year. We may celebrate the Paris Commune in in March, the Spanish Revolution in 1936 in July, I think it's the 19th of July, and the list goes on and on. But again, these are... And obviously, we'll also celebrate uh, Eureka Day on the 3rd of December. But these are events which we organise activities for to highlight what these people stood for, what they died for, what was important during those that period. These are pivotal moments in our history. These are moments which are not celebrated as they should be. These are moments which are conveniently forgotten. It's our role to bring forward these moments to remind people, to remind people that what they have today is a direct result of the struggles of people from the past. It's their blood, their sweat, their tears, 
which is change the world. And that's something we need to remember. Because if we don't remember that, nothing will ever change. As I said at the beginning of the program, this is a program about change. It's a program that is, that is organised to encourage you to take action. It doesn't really matter what action you take. The trouble is, are you going to be a spectator as far as your life is concerned or are you going to be an active participant? Are you going to leave everything to those people who currently exercise power? Are you willing to abrogate your responsibility? Do you want to be a carping, complaining consumer? Or do you want to be an active citizen? It's very easy to be a carping, complaining consumer. It's much more difficult to be an active citizen a citizen who is willing to take the necessary action to change the direction that the society is moving in. Because if we don't take that action, nothing will ever change. And that's the key. It doesn't matter how stupid or how brilliant my analysis is. It doesn't matter how many people discuss the issues and how they discuss the issues Ultimately, change comes when people believe that they've had enough. Look at what's happening in Iran. Look at what's happening in other parts of the world. The fact is, those in authority will continue to use the institutional power they have in order to protect their interests and their assets. And if we want to create an egalitarian community... If we want to be involved in the struggle for change, we need to be willing to take that next step. I encourage you to join Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. This is a group of like-minded people who'd like to be registered as a political party and be involved in parliamentary activity. That's Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. Go to their webpage, pipsy.net. Download the application form and hey presto, you can you don't even have to download, you can join online. Pipsy.net, PIBCI.net. Once we get five hundred members, we can register the political five hundred and fifty members, we can register the political party in Victoria. Once we get fifteen hundred members, we can register as a political party uh, federally. Now obviously not parliamentary actions, not everybody's cup of tea. Interested in direct action? You can join us on the steps of the Victorian Parliament in Feb- from February the 2nd on the Public Housing Everybody's Business campaign. You can join us in many other campaigns which we will initiate during the year. You can come along to many of the activities we organise and meet like-minded people. And the thing is, we also have, obviously, there's a social setting. We have lunches, we have dinners, we have discussion meetings, you name it. The fact is that ultimately we all have a role to play in our life and whether we play that role or not is ultimately dependent on the individual. That's when individuals decide they want change, the change will occur. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds
Become a 3CR subscriber today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03-9419-8377. Be a part of your community radio station. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.